is episode 62 of the Never Ending Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly, and we have Jerry Burris and one half of the Zustin brothers with us. Mark is on tonight while Sean's out making power moves in downtown Cleveland somewhere. But, oh well, probably better off with old feet, without old feet anyways. So, gentlemen, it's been a while, and even with NBA free agency and the draft on the horizon, which is pretty much dominating Twitter and the interwebs in general, we are here to talk NFL and fantasy football. Uh, OTAs have wound down, veteran free agents have been cut and signed by rival teams, so what better time on this beautiful summer solstice to jump back into the fantasy football form as we approach draft season this summer. Gentlemen, it's been a couple of weeks now, but we back, baby. Yeah, How this you is the uh, this is the this is the part of the year I hate sports wise. It's nothing but baseball. Um, not my style. Not my cup of tea. Reading about like practice with guys in you know shorts and just helmets is the only thing keeping me going right now. So let's let's get into it. Right now that you're you're. Cleveland Cavs that you cheer for two months out of the season are bounced and uh, looking That's forward not to the true. postseason. That's not true. <laughs> we are they'll be to... back next June. Uh, I'll just go throw that out there. They'll be back in June of 18. Yeah, yeah that's I'm a... sure they will. I'm sure they will. There's not much uh, for them to really uh, the fight in the East until LeBron heads west to L.A. in uh, 2019. But I will well, say that's will a different Patri- podcast. Yeah, As I will say... the Patriots for your segue. Yeah, I will say that the the uh, the NBA offseason in the past three days has been more exciting than the NBA playoffs. Very true. Very true. And if we wanted to focus again on the NBA, we tried that last season. Not really our cup of tea, but we'd have plenty to talk about. Um, but that's a different story for a different day. This is the Never Ending Glory podcast. We're here to talk fantasy football, NFL football. You can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. On Facebook, search for us, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Same with iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us, like us, tell us what you like, tell us what you hate. Um, and then, of course, email us, negpodcast at gmail.com. We still have a bunch of t-shirts that we can give out. So, uh, hell, if you send me an email saying, Luke, I want a t-shirt, I'll send you a t-shirt. So, uh, gentlemen, let's get right into it. OTA news it just finished up. Uh, these hot takes, do they have any merit? Mark, you mentioned my team, the Patriots. I want to talk about their backfield real quick because it is a cluster F of massive proportions. Uh, Rex Burkhead got signed early in the offseason, and people, including yourself, got excited about him in Dynasty. You got him in Dynasty in the league that we're, we play in together. So you got Rex Burkhead, who's now in New England. LeGarrette Blunt has left and is now in Philadelphia, but they signed Mike Gillisley away from the Buffalo Bills to a two-year contract. He is going to probably be the early down back in New England now. Then, of course, they re-signed Super Bowl hero James White to a three-year extension. And Dion Lewis, who flashed at times before he got hurt, before he got hurt former Cleveland Brown, former Philadelphia Eagle, he's still in the roster as well. So if you had to choose one player, Mark, in redraft, or dynasty, either or, for the 2018, 2017 season moving on, who is your go-to in New England? Was it Gillisley? I don't really know his last name that well, but he's probably it's the correct. guy to go with. But Yeah, but Rex Burkhardt's solid, and the reason why is this. They got four guys there, so you know one guy's getting cut in all actuality. The nice thing about Burkhead, and the reason why they there's a small chance they might not get cut, is because Burkhead plays special teams, and he plays it really good. So that's a, that's a positive for him. I can see Burkhead lining up on the outside. He's more durable than Deion Lewis. Um, he's probably, I mean, everything out of Cincinnati said he was highly coachable, knew the playbook, great in pass protection. I think that's why James White might not be able to get on the field on early downs because he's not that good in pass protection. 
I, so Rex Burkhead might be able to slide in there and take some take some carries away. I think you have to re. I think you have to re-question or rephrase your question here. It's not a early down back situation. I think it's more of a personnel package. I think Gillisley and Burkhead are kind of your replacements for what you got out of Blunt when they were in double tight situations, um, and then they have a fullback that they can put, they can put in there with uh, his name is Ebner. Um, no, no, James Devlin. J- yeah, Devlin. I'm sorry, Devlin. Excuse me. Um, How dare then, you not know the Patriots fullback? I'm sorry. Full, fullbacks <laughs> normally are my favorite things to Did he to play remember. rugby or did he go to an Ivy that League was school? No, that was Abner. He's, he's from Tosa. Yeah, I know that. He's from he Tosa. Might have played fullback. He might have played fullback in, uh, in rugby, right? right? Is that a position in rugby? No. I, don't know. I think it's just back. Anyway, <laughs> but especially when they go uh, – when they want to spread it out, concussion. they go empty. And <laughs> when they go empty, Deion Lewis and obviously James White had a huge uh, playoff run for – or uh, one playoff game for the, the Patriots. I think it's more of a personnel thing. You might have guys that, that uh, Belichick might stash away in the uh, practice squad and say, listen, right. you don't match up this week. You're not going to be the guy. But the yeah. thing that, like Mark said, Rex Burkhead is the special team's captain. Um, and, and there's anything that, that Belichick appreciates, it's guys that can play multiple positions, even on both sides of the football. Yeah, I'd be kind of surprised if they used Rex Burkhead as a special teams guy just because they signed him to, I believe, like a $4 million contract. Granted, it's one year and minimal guaranteed. Um, you take a look at Dion Lewis. I think he's more of a returner. So what I think they're going to be very um, specialized with their their running back group. Gillis Luke, his body is back. not his. Bo- you think his body can take a wear and tear of a returner? I, 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 mean, I think Lewis is the the man out. If you're asking, like, which doesn't survive? If, any, if anything, if anything, if if he is the odd man out right now, he signed to uh, a six hundred thousand dollar guarantee contract for this year. He signed a a two year uh, two point four million dollar contract extension two years ago. So he's on the last year of his deal. But but if you look at Rex Burkhead, he signed a one year deal. Mike Gillisley signed a two year deal with only one and a half million guaranteed. James White signed a three year twelve million dollar contract with four and a half million dollars guaranteed. So mm-hmm. I think that. The fact that Belichick gave him a contract makes me believe that he thinks he's got big plans for for James White. And and Mark, I agree with you. I don't think he's an early down guy. I still think he's your third down scat back or pass catching back. But as you know, the Patriots, they're going to pass the ball 65, 70% of the time. So I, I personally, I'm investing in James White this offseason. So you're telling me Gillisley is going to be overrated. I mean, you're I, telling I do. me you don't really want to touch those guys. I don't mind Gillisley. If 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 you're telling me Gillisley's a fourth round, fifth round pick in in redraft, I'm not touching him by any means. I think the best value in fantasy football this year in the Patriots backfield and for the next few years is James White. I've been investing in him. I, I got him for a second round pick in one dynasty league. I recently just traded for him. I gave up a third round pick this year and a third round pick next year for James White. And I'm I'm thrilled with that in PPR leagues. I think he's a solid RB three with RB two potential uh, in in your in your dynasty PPR leagues. So value wise, I think he's good. Now, if you're able to get, you know, if you have James White, I think you have to bring in Deion Lewis as a, as a handcuff. And very rarely do you handcuff third down scat backs. But the way that the Patriots are constantly throwing the ball and how they use their running backs creatively out of the backfield. I think that Dion Lewis is well worth a roster stash if you have deep rosters. So yeah. I think Bur- I think honestly I think Rex Burkhead is is honestly is worthless in, in fantasy. I think he's more of a he's going to be a great fit for the Patriots as a Patriots fan. I'm going to love watching him on Sundays. But they only gave him a one year contract, and that I think speaks volumes. But I agree. I think that's a good, good way to put it. 
No. So, so the, the Patriots. What if he gets four catches a game? What if he gets four catches a game? Just, who, just Rex, throwing who, that out there. Rex Burkhead. He was, yeah, he was getting that at the back end of the Cincinnati season last year. Well, the last then, three I, or four games, I, he had solid games. What if he just gets four catches a game? Well, that's great for PPR leagues. I mean, if he gets four catches a game, that's sixty-four in the season. That's a pretty most, solid RB three number. I mean, yeah. I mean, most I don't, I don't think he's going to play that role. Are, well, we'll see. I mean. We'll see if they got a guy taking the top off like uh, they got a guy taking Brandon the top Cooks. off like Brandon Cooks on her niece going to be there. Right. I just think that. No. And that's why I think, honestly, if James White's getting that three year contract, I think that's his it's his job to lose. I'm uh, shocked they gave that contract to James White, to be honest with I, you. No, I am shocked, too, because they let Shane Vereen walk after he had a great Super Bowl performance. They let Danny Woodhead walk uh, and they both signed contracts similar to what. James White got so I was actually very surprised that James White signed this contract. I thought they were going to keep Dion Lewis for one more year, and but I, I just think that Belichick knows that he can't trust him as a, a receiver to stay healthy. However, he knows he can trust him in the return game because he did have a great game against Houston where he returned a kickoff for a touchdown, and they also drafted Cyrus Jones, a cornerback out of Alabama, in the second round, thinking he'd be the returner, and he constantly fumbled the ball as he was returning it. So. Um, the Patriots, it's always really tough to know exactly what they're going to do at running back. Once you think you know what Belichick's going to do, he, he absolutely zigs when you think he's going to zag and screws you over. So I would not invest heavily in the Patriots. Like I said, I gave up third-round picks for, or a second-round pick for James White. Uh, I would not suggest giving up a first-round pick or anything like that for him just because he will be hit or miss, boom or bust as a fantasy option. Uh, but the Patriots, they'll be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. They also signed David Harris today uh, from the rival Jets, which just their their defense is going to be absolutely filthy this year. I'm so excited for the fantasy season, but and then obviously the NFL season too. But let's move on to another veteran. Uh, but this guy was recently cut in Kansas City and signed with the Baltimore Ravens. That's Jeremy Macklin, wide receiver. If you remember correctly, a few years ago, he had an absolutely dominant season. He was a wide receiver one. He signed a huge contract with the Chiefs last season or two seasons ago. Was a solid WR2. However, last year had a groin injury, and uh, the Chiefs decided that Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Travis Kelsey are the guys they want to roll with moving forward. So they cut Jeremy Macklin and his $10 million cap hit, and they moved on. Mark? You know, again, this is a proven veteran, and there's not a ton of wide receiver depth behind him in Kansas City. Was this a smart move by Kansas City dumping Jeremy Macklin? Yes, 100%. He's going into his eighth year of the NFL. If you look at statistics over time, he's starting. He's on the decline. No team wants to play the, pay this guy. I think you now find out that he what had a freaking torn groin. I don't tore. He tore his groin. I don't know why the NFL holds this stuff from us. If he was really good player, he the Eagles would have re-signed him, captain in Philly. I think there's stuff that goes on with Jeremy Macklin that we, the average fan and fantasy player, we don't know about. Because right. if you, I'm looking at his Eagles stats right now. He had 85 catches for 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns his last year for the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. They didn't re-sign him, so they're probably saying we can't commit on this guy. We 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 can't we can't put stock in this guy. He's he's not reliable. The Chiefs had him for two years and said, yeah, we're good here. Okay. And he's from he's from Missouri. Okay. Um, so with that, something's I, I don't know. I, I I would never depend on Jeremy Mack. He's plus he's glass doll, dude. Like I'm looking at his yes. list of injuries. It is every two single year. Last year. 
Every single year he's got an injury that's that kept him out of at least man all but one year. He missed. So, so I would ask yeah. you guys this. So I would ask you guys this. It, Jeremy Macklin's game is built on speed. It's predicated on speed, correct? Right. Right. He's six feet tall. He's not very tall. Okay. He ran a four four five. He just tore his groin, and now he is twenty nine years old, about to be thirty next. You know, at the end of next season, like get rid of him. If if you don't think he's going to help you out, or you owe him millions on the front end, or you think some of the younger players have more talent, or you think he's bitching about the ball in the huddle, then get him out. Like get him out. He's not going to help you out. Gone. And Alex Smith's not going to be the guy that's stretching the ball downfield, right? Especially, and if he does stretch the ball field downfield, he's going to Tyreek Hill. You know, so, Pat Mahomes can throw it downfield for him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we're not, hey, we're not there to talk about rookies. We'll get there soon, Jack. I know you're talking okay. the bit. <laughs> one, one last thing is this. I, I, I don't understand why the, the Ravens signed him when they have uh, the dude from Mississippi. Uh, um, sorry. Um, Mike Wallace. Mike what? When they have Mike Wallace. Well, I can tell you why. Because Mike Wallace is a straight line runner and he's getting old, too. He's also getting old as well. Here's the thing with, with Jeremy Macklin. I think they, they, that- drafted, they drafted uh, Rashad Perryman, who hasn't Perryman. been healthy for two nothing. years. He's done nothing. But, okay, but, but I'm just saying, like, so you're not going to play all, him. You're done. You all, gave up on no, it. No, no, they're going to play him. They're going to. They, you, you play more than two wide receivers in the NFL. They don't have a tight end right now because oh, I Dennis understand Fittis. that. Well, let's just go back. To, let's go back real quick to Jeremy Macklin in Kansas City. I think the reason why the Eagles didn't re-sign him was because they didn't want to pay him ten to twelve million dollars a year. A lot of teams don't want to pay wide receivers that because I think they realize that their quarterbacks make a wide receiver worth ten to twelve million dollars a year. Well, see, I, I actually think they thought, hey, Deshaun Jackson's better. So what's the point here? Well, then they traded him. him, though. No, they 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 saw they were able to draft a guy like Jordan Matthews and and well, yeah, pay that's, him yeah. and pay him like you know a million dollars a year versus ten million dollars a year because they traded Jordan or uh, Jeremy or I'm sorry, Deshaun Jackson. But what what I think happened was is Tyreek Hill had such a breakout season that they said and and the Chiefs are cash strapped. They, they they were tied up against the the cap and they said Tyreek Hill outplayed Jeremy Macklin. Chris Conley's good enough to be on the outside. Travis Kelsey is our true number one receiver on this team. Let's dump this $10 million guy. Let's get away from him while we still can. I thought it was a pretty smart move. And and from a fantasy standpoint, I'm happy because Alex Smith just puts an absolute low ceiling on your wide receivers and your pass catchers. The pass catchers have to make moves themselves in order to become elite players or or better than average starters so you look at a guy like travis kelsey whose physicality allows him to become an elite tight end tyree kill whose whose physical talents allows him to be a solid wide receiver too i'm still thinking he's gonna be vastly overvalued this summer but we'll talk about that as we get closer to draft season but as we move on to baltimore baltimore has led the nfl in pass attempts the past two years and their number one receiver last year was mike wallace who like i mentioned is a straight line runner He's a great deep ball threat, but he's getting older. Brashad Perriman, who is pretty much Mike Wallace 2.0, hasn't been healthy the past two seasons. Last year, they had Steve Smith roaming the slot. He's retired now. I think Jerry Macklin fits in great in Baltimore and will do exactly what they expected Steve Smith to do last year before you know he father time caught up to him. I don't think that Jeremy Macklin will be the one that's, that wins you fantasy championships, but 70 catches for 1,000 yards and six touchdowns is absolutely a, a very attainable goal for Jeremy Macklin next year in Baltimore. Their wide receivers no tight end. are terrible. Their wide receivers are terrible. I just looked at them. They're yeah. playing Crockett Gilmore. If you look at Crockett Gilmore's stats – 
Crockett Gilmore played with a broken back last year yeah. and hardly ever played. But if you look at Crockett Gilmore's stats, he's 6'6", 250 pounds. If you look at his stats, when he's on the field and he is relatively healthy, he he, he puts up numbers. He's played it's well. just who's going who's gonna to stay in and block for them. Right, because they got Ben Watson coming back from a torn Achilles. He's like 90 years old, but he is a physical freak. He actually still owns a bunch of the Patriots weightlifting records. Um, he was an absolute animal at the combine and was a first round pick, I think, back in like. I just uh, Max Williams was a wad star. Max Max Nick, Ma- Max Williams terrible. Max Williams had um, a knee injury that's uh, never a knee surgery that's never been done on a football player before. So that was really interesting. I'm not and, sure yeah, what's going to well, happen to him. And what's going to happen with this backfield? Well, and, and Max Williams, he's Max with two axes. Like, what a douche. I love that name. Say, a, a I love that canoe. name. Hey, you if would. you're going to put you two would. X's on it, you know what I'm thinking? You might one as well more, just one add more, one more. Baby. <laughs> one more. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, one more. Come on, baby. Let's go. Um, you might as well look, put, put a little doubt in the mind. <laughs> backfield, I mean, you guys know about Terrence West. The guy stinks. Kenneth Dixon, he's on that PED game. I don't know. I mean, Danny Woodhead gonna, is the, the best fantasy football option there. Kenneth Dixon pro- has no value at all, by the way. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. If yeah. Kenneth Dixon had any value, they don't sign Danny Woodhead to right. an open market contract. Right. Because they still have Talaferro, who the, I guarantee in this, the, they sat down as a staff and they said, we need to identify who's better, Buck Allen or Lorenzo Talaferro. And Talaferro was hurt all last year, but showed promise the year before. They're sitting down and they're saying, we need one of these players to step up because we need a we need a workhorse. Terrence I'll West you, can't be a workhorse. Mark, we are the and I'm goddamn proud of this. We are the only podcast in 2017 that's talking about Buck Allen and Lorenzo Taliaferro. <laughs> okay? And I'm proud of that. That's why we are better than the douche canoe Matthew Berry. We're better than all those other guys, the mainstream bullshit fantasy football podcast. Are they talking about Lorenzo Taliaferro? Don't, don't get caught up so. in this. I don't, don't think Don't get so. caught up in this. The lame Podcast but, I'll say, but Danny Woodhead, I'll, Danny Woodhead, I tweeted this out from our podcast, from our Twitter handle at Glory Podcast. Danny Woodhead, are you taking him in the top fifty picks this year? You should. You should take him in the top fifty pick because he's going to get seventy to eighty catches. He I'm did it in San Diego. Draft. He he's thirty two. He's thirty two, but he does not have a ton of miles on him. I'm a huge Danny Woodhead guy, but I I will take him top fifty, but I will not feel good about it. I know it's weird. I know it's contradictive, but Why, you'll put him in. You'll put him at your RB two. Yeah, stash another guy on the back end that gets PPR, and you'll call it a day. Nick Vernon is going to take him top thirty-two. Called it. I'm calling it right now. No, he won't. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another veteran. Recently got cut by his team, and we probably saw his fantasy value go up because of this. Eric Decker cut by the Jets onto the Tennessee Titans. Only signed a one-year deal, three point two five million dollars, I believe it was. Um, pretty surprising that he could only get a one-year deal. I understand he had hip and shoulder surgery this past offseason, but. The guy has been an absolute stud in the red zone for the, his whole career. Um, with Peyton Manning, obviously, he was, a, he was a great receiver. But even when he went to New York, uh, played for the Jets as the wide receiver one with the likes of Tim Tebow throwing him the ball, he was still putting up solid wide receiver two numbers. Now he heads to Tennessee, and even though they spent the fifth overall pick on Corey Davis, and they had Rashard Matthews, who was a savior for a lot of fantasy football teams. Burris, I think you had him last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eric Decker steps in and is now the, the the de facto number one receiver, if healthy, in Tennessee. So 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you here, Burris. I mean, obviously Richard Matthews was pretty solid last year. People were excited about Corey Davis coming into uh, Tennessee this year, but where do you think Eric Dicker, Eric <laughs> Dicker, Eric Decker fits uh, with the Titans and Marcus Mariota throwing him the ball? Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> I think he fits in exactly wherever they need him to. If they need him to be, you know, Week One wide receiver one or wide receiver two, I think he's their guy. Uh, Corey Davis, you know, he's got a huge ceiling and he's got some big shoes to fit to really that are open and ready for him to take over, but. You know he's he's unproven. He didn't go against you know Big Ten or Big Twelve or even SEC talent. He was in the MAC. Don't forget that. Um, now, well, but, but do I think do I no do I think Eric Decker is going to be a legitimate wide receiver one for the rest of the season for them? No, I don't. I think he might do that for a week or two, and then then as Corey Davis comes along with the playbook, you know, there we go. But if he, Corey Davis has a big preseason, understands the playbook, gets going with them. I don't think that the Texans, or I'm sorry, the Titans have a, a necessarily tough uh, offense to understand. They have a huge run game. They are run heavy. Play action passes off of it. I think if if anything, Decker's going to come in. They expect him to be like any wide receiver uh, veteran to come in, establish the, the meeting room, be a good blocker, catch every ball you're supposed to. But he's not explosive anymore. He's not the guy that can take the top off like like. Um, Corey Davis does so I mean that's the thing is it's those three Matthews Davis and and then Decker's your third guy now my question though uh Burris do you think them bringing in a guy like Corey Davis does that I'm sorry uh, like Eric Decker does that help Corey Davis's development a little bit he's not facing like the 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 first cornerback from Houston uh Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars I mean he's probably going to see uh, the double teaming go over to Decker while he might get some more one-on-one coverage or to Matthews too. Cause if you put the good thing about having the three of them and then you have Delaney Walker too, is you can, I think you could mix those guys up. It's not one guy is going to play your, your right X and your left X exclusively. I think he has to learn a little bit of everything. And he did that when he was with um, Western Michigan, he played all on both sides, played his slot a little bit. He has some versatility and then he's got a veteran like Decker that can help him out. If he doesn't understand everybody, position yet Decker can come in move in and understand the playbook and and, uh, give him a little assistance there and like you said there's some talent on the defensive end in the uh, AFC South that you would have to deal with hopefully Decker can take it off his plate a little bit right so uh, Mark what are your thoughts on Eric Decker coming to Tennessee He's just going to be a situational guy. He reminds me of Joe Jervis is coming to the Cleveland Browns at the back end of his career. I mean, Decker's Was that before or after he got a staph infection? That was, That's well, before. he got the staph infection in Cleveland. When we were with the Cleveland <laughs> Clinic, we took very, very good pride in getting our players many staph infections. How's your uh, balls? Nevertheless, nevertheless, I really like what Tennessee's doing because they're trying to open up their pass game. Um they, they, I really like what they're doing. They got a solid run game. It's just, you know what's weird with them? Their offense is either going to be kind of like opening it up on offense that Mariota needs out of the shotgun, which DeMarco Murray's not good out of, and neither is Derrick Henry, really. Or it's going to be like I-form or single back where it's just like run straight forward with uh, DeMarco Murray or, right. or Derrick Henry. So the only thing I don't understand about Tennessee is like, it's almost like, hey, you're going to know if we're running or passing almost every play. But their oh, offensive line is really good. How, though? Mariota just – Mariota's going to throw what, out of, four, out of under the center? This is what, third, his fourth season? His, third season? Third season. Third season. And Jerry, in the past you see his seasons, numbers Mark, out of the oh, center, under the center last I've year? Watched, 
I've watched him play. I've watched him play. I have vested interest in Marcus. Jerry Mariota. loves loves and the AFC because South. Because here's why. No, 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 no. It's nothing to do with the AFC South. It's more to do with with the the. <laughs> The notion in our in our group chat of that spread quarterbacks can't play in the NFL. Mariota is doing a great job of playing under center. He's wait, wait, this has this has nothing to do with that. Yes, it does. Has, Listen, uh, like, can I, no, no, no. May I no, no, no. May no I really finish? quick because I got to repeat what I I got to repeat what I just said. <laughs> Go. I'm stating that they're either in the shotgun passing. Or they're running the ball out of the I-form. That's why DeMarco Murray's stats went down at the back end of the year. They became so predictable with what they were doing, and teams knew it. Teams knew it. So that's my only thing with them. Okay, you're you're talking about the run run, run game. I'm talking about the flow of the offense, the glue from the pass game to the run game. I'm trying to connect the two. And what I'm saying with this is – I. They drafted Derrick Henry, who I, I like. I really do. And they signed DeMarco Murray or traded for him, whatever. And now they're getting all these receivers. But the, the receivers and the running backs don't match up for me in the style. you got all these receivers. you got an Eric Decker. Eric Decker's probably going to be in rundowns to block. Okay, you got Rashard Matthews, who's more of like a move the chains guys. you got Corey Davis that can you know do pretty much anything. you got Delaney Walker. So – Right there, you have four receivers. And then you have two running backs. And, and to me, the running backs are almost like bruiser running backs. They're not scat backs like the Patriots got that I think would be better in Tennessee. And being better with Mariota, different styles, being able to like, you know. Right, but Mark, uh, but Mark like if you look at DeMarco Murray last year, he had 53 catches. Two years ago in Philadelphia, he had 44 catches. Before that in Dallas, 57. Before that, 53. So DeMarco Murray, maybe he might not be able to run out of the shotgun, but he can catch the ball. So That's I, a I good point. I see what you're saying. I think that they might be a little predictable with the uh, the the group that they have on the field. It won't be as bad as last year with the Rams. Our good friend Jeff Fisher, where he brought Todd Gurley in, you knew they were running, and then when Benny Cunningham in, came in, you knew they were going to throw the ball. It'll be a little bit different than that. Um, if I think if Derrick Henry's in the game, you're probably expecting a run, but. I think that what the Titans are doing is they're they're creating one of the more explosive offenses in the NFL because I think you're I think you guys are kind of downselling what Eric Decker can do. I think he's a solid number one wide receiver. He won't be the best. No, Luke, are you ki- coming off shoulder and groin surgery? You hip think surgery. this guy's going to be a number one? Ham? You said hamstring? Hip, hip. Oh, gee. Eric Decker. If Eric Decker was a number one receiver, he he'd be getting paid more than four million a year. I think that he will line up on the outside and he'll get a ton of attention because he has done in the past. Now, if if you get into like he's week thirty three, years old, Luke. if you get into week three, week four, and then all of a sudden you know they're not worried about him, then yeah, okay, you're probably right. But maybe by then, Corey Davis steps up a little bit. Delaney Walker has continued to be a solid um, a pass catching uh, tight end. He he has been uh, a great possession guy. Rashard Matthews has been a red zone target. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of different weapons. So if Eric Decker doesn't work out, then okay, yeah, you're right. Obviously, there's a bunch of red flags with him. I'm taking. Look at his, work out. at his past production, but I'll tell you what's, what's going to work out. out before I want to hear what Burris has to say on this because we might need to debate. Oh, I've this. lost it's, my train of thought. You know, it's derailed. I, I know it's going to work out. I'm going to get back to that. Me and his wife are going to work out because oh, Jesse oh. James, are oh. you kidding me? Oh, are you kidding? Anytime you type in an, anytime you type in an NFL player and and on the Google search engine, his wife comes up first thing. Are you <laughs> kidding me? 
in Nashville too. They're gonna love that. But let, let, okay, that, again, Bruce, that's a different. Sell pod me on for... Mariota. Sell me well, on well, Mariota. Well, well, before, before he don't throw first. the ball downfield at all. He before don't throw that, the ball downfield at all. I think that has more to do with Malarkey than it does Mariota. And yeah, no. I think that yes, okay. yes, sir. Let's move on real quick. So we're talking Mariota. Mariota will always be linked to this other quarterback because Mariota went after him in the draft. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston got a bunch of help this offseason with Deshaun yes, Jackson did. and O.J. Howard. Um, well, I want to stick with Mariota first, No, 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 no. Hold, hold on, hold on. We'll get there. Yeah, we're we're doing it. Trust me. Who do you like moving forward, Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston? If you have a well, dynasty I, team, wait, who do you like? Wait, before that, I want to know the <laughs> breakdown of Mariota on the we'll, Titans. We'll edit this. We'll, we'll edit this. <laughs> no, it's fine. Jerry, go Mark, ahead. Go ahead, Mark. What's your question? My question is this. The dude does not throw the ball downfield at all. You get Eric Decker. Eric Decker ain't stretched in the field. All he's doing is moving the chains like he no, normally does. No, that's what Corey Davis' job's going to be. still power running backs. They're, like, how is Mariota going to get more than 7.4 yards uh, down? He, I mean, what? I'm sorry, 7.6 is what he averages per pass completion. That's well, terrible. That's that's Corey Davis's job is to stretch the field. It's also Mike Malarkey's job to create more passes downfield. He might, if you research Football Outsiders right now, you'll find a stat that says that the Tennessee Titans had more passes with seven man protections than any other team in the NFL. Seven man protections, which means tight ends were standing to block, running backs were standing to block. And that tells not, you a lot about Mariota. He well, needs to do it. No, no. And Jerry, to your point, I mean, who have they who? What receivers have they ever had? Delaney they Walker. They've had Rashard Matthews, Delaney Walker. They drafted Tajay Sharp, who's obviously the stud. The guy stinks. He went to UMass Amherst. What do you expect? All right, we <laughs> suck in football up here in New England. If it's not pros, if it's college, I think, Luke, I, I agree with you totally. So, this is so this they, is a so chance they, to break out vertically with Corey Davis. They used a fifth overall pick to take Corey Davis. They just. Brought in Eric Decker, who has a track record. We'll see what he does. I agree with you here, Burris. Like, give, Mariota's never had so the So you love – Burris, you love, you love Corey Davis? No, I don't love Corey Davis. I just think gives he's going to give him an opportunity. Mariota, gives Mariota a different person to throw the ball to. I mean, they, they've just never had a wide receiver. Kendall Wright was, a, was the first-round pick, what, four years ago? And he fizzled, and he's now in Chicago. So – I think that finally Mariota is going to have somebody to throw the ball to, and, and somebody can stretch the field. And it, we'll see it can what never, can it do. can never be understated. Having an offensive line coach as a head coach is is a is an issue when it comes to quarterback development yeah. and how you how you run your offense. They are a yeah. ball control offense. They're going to run the ball with two of the biggest, strongest backs in the NFL. And they're not going to force the ball downfield. Okay. Well, well, now they have Corey Davis. Hopefully, they can translate that into some vertical game. We'll see. Right, hopefully, so your boy can. Now, let's go, let's go back to. They're a let's, ball control offense because he can't drive the ball downfield. I just right, I that's completely to disagree. They're with a you. they're they're a control team because he can't. He don't have your the core because your coach because of the coach. Please, he don't have the arm to strength that, to say that Marcus Mariota doesn't have arm strength is asinine. Asinine. No, it ain't. He yes, can't drive is. the ball downfield. You can't drive the ball downfield. Hey, I ain't getting. I ain't six four two fifteen. If I was, that ball would be downfield. Trust me, he can flick it. <laughs> I, 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 I tried. I tried. I'm just telling you on the NFL scale. Mark, yards respect the ring. One of the lowest. That doesn't. The yeah, but yards per attempt does not translate to how far you can throw the football. I don't care how far you Zero. can throw the There's football. Zero. There's no I'm comparison. About reading the safeties on the back end. And no, driving is, into you're, you're, saying, 
You're saying two completely Respect different things. Respect the reggae horn. We're moving on. He can't. Okay. He can't do it. Whatever. Okay, so we're we're moving on. Moving on. Marietta or Jameis Winston moving forward? Are you asking Mark, me first? Like? Mark. I'm taking Jameis Winston 10 out of 10 times. Me too. Okay. More weapons. Right. I'm happy we spent 10 minutes talking about Marcus Mariota then. All right, let's move on to the next topic. The next topic is the Jet, uh, The Jets are getting rid of all of their players. So are they going to turn into the 2017 version of the uh, L.A. Rams, Jeff Fisher, of us just crapping on him all year, or or the Jags? Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to go into the 16, 76ers. Right? They're, they're trying to tank for the next three years. They're tanking. He's exactly right. How? It's so obvious. The Browns How? did it last year, guys. How bad is this team? The Jets in 2017 are gonna they're gonna go 0 16. But, but Luke, the, Luke, if you're gonna suck, suck. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I'm well, a, I, 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 I'm I love what they're doing. People are like criticizing them <laughs> stuff. I love what they're doing. The Browns just did it. We got the number one overall pick. Like, is it good to be three and thirteen or is it great to be 0 16 or one and fifteen? Just yeah, suck. Yeah. The Lions did it. They got Stafford. They're in the playoffs five years later. Like, just suck. They're gonna they're gonna try to get Sam Darnold. Yep. Okay. They get That's Sam quick. Darnold, and then guess what? That roster's flipped in the, in the right direction. It's I can't sum it up any better. All right. So moving on. Uh, Eddie Lacy now with oh the Seahawks. I, I hate Looking this guy. Svelte <laughs> this year. He has now passed two weigh-ins with the Seahawks. So he's made one hundred and ten thousand dollars by not being fat or as fat as they expected him to be. Made more he, in, in a year, two years than I did teaching. Is he how about, due how about for a the, bounce back season in twenty seventeen? Here, here's what I love. I love that there's accelerators on his contract based Hell off yeah. of his weight. Why Hell can't yeah. we get that at my job? Like I would, I, I would, I would do because drastic, you're not an athlete. Drastic you're things. nineteen nerd. Because <laughs> IT guys, you're you're all gonna end up being fat eventually. It's just, it's just so. What if Burris more. does ten? What if what if Jerry does ten Sudoku's in ten minutes? To see, <laughs> he, his, he's an IT guy. He should get brain brain incentives. Hey, I you know what? That, I can't do Sudoku's. Bad, bad negotiations on his part. That's all I gotta I use say. Pencil. I get really frustrated. All right, so let's talk about Eddie Lacy real quick because oh, I think, God, I think I he has Eddie opportunity. Lacey. He's got balls. Of course you do. You've been talking about Eddie Lacy for the last three months since Seattle picked him up. The I fact of the matter is, this this guy is still the last two seasons. He's been the slowest running back we've watched. Average five yards a carry last season before he got hurt. Dude, I could average four for Aaron Rodgers on you my team. You popped your <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. You could not average four. Aaron Rodgers. You dude, popped I just hit a hole jumping off of a diving board. There's no way you could average four yards a carry. Eddie, Eddie Lacy is. He should speed. balloon up and be a guard. So fat. He's not anymore. Slow. He's losing okay. weight. He's oh, off you're that right. China food. Okay, so he was 255 in Green Bay this year. So if he plays a 245, all of a sudden he's fast. Yeah, stud. Not, Eddie Lacy's never been fast. That, that, that's a, that's, I'm not arguing that he's a fast guy. He, well, he used to be quick, at least. He, he used to have a, something. He well, ain't going to do he's, much in he's Seattle. He's back to it. He ain't doing – he ain't, he ain't, all right, listen. He ain't doing shit against Arizona, and he ain't doing shit against L.A. Rams. Their defenses are going to kill him. Yeah, I, I like I the that. other I guys that. for Seattle. I do. I, I don't know about Arizona. I don't know about Arizona. 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 Yeah, I like C.J. Procise, and I like uh, – Thomas Ross. I will well, not Proceis, touch Eddie Lacy. Proceis is gonna, a pass catcher. 
And Rawls, Rawls is, I mean, he's pretty cheap right now in Dynasty, so if you want to go after him, I, you could, or you could get him a very late pick in a redraft. And I think you're going to throw the ball more. Jimmy Graham. And, the, I mean, they got solid wide receivers, and Paul Richardson's coming around. Uh, Lockett's coming up on his, like, he's got two years left on a deal. He's, 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 coming, back. Another he's coming back from getting his, his leg shredded last season. They got a rookie think he, I really like, But he's too. 24. We'll get there, Jay. I know you will. <laughs> uh, no, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that Eddie Lacy is the most physical running back since Marshawn Lynch. And, oh you know, my! Will he God. stay healthy? Will he stay healthy? Will he will he stay svelte? I don't know, but he things oh are trending God. right for him. They signed him to a one year, five and a half million dollar contract, and said, "Don't be fat, and you're going to get a lot Garrett of money." Garrett Blunt's more that's, physical. That's four you million. You just disrespected too much. your own player. Well, LeGarrette Blunt's no longer a Patriot. He's now a Philadelphia Eagle, but that's besides the point. But Dude. listen, if you're telling me right now that I have David to give Johnson up, it, is more physical. I could just go on and on. Zeke if you're is tell, more physical. If you're telling me that I have to give up a first-round pick for, for Eddie Lacy, I'm not doing it. But if you're telling me that I, I can give up a mid-second-round pick in the rookie draft for Eddie Lacy for the potential of him getting back to RB1 status or RB2 status, that's a, that's a risk I'm willing to take. He's, I mean... He, I'm gonna, in, in I'm a gonna, PPR league, how's he hit RB1 status? Yes, he, exactly. He, he, had like, Luke, he, had like 40, he had like 40 some odd catches when he was in Green Bay. Mark, I'm going to button this up. throwing him the ball. Mark, running let me, back catches passes in Seattle. Are you on drugs? How's he getting RB1 status? You just said you like C.J. Procise. Yeah, C.J. is catching the balls there. Not Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy had 42 catches in 2014. He had 20 and when he was when he was 230. Or, I mean, well, he's, you, he's you're, losing you're creating weight. These, he's losing cre- weight. He, um, he, he's he's and he, and, and, and I read reports. <laughs> I read reports that he lost weight last year. I mean, get out of here. He did Don't P90X. drink the juice on this, guys. Yeah, well, P, that's how bad he is, Burris. P90X. We got to get him on P90X. We got to get him on that CrossFit game, get some wads on. Um, all right, you guys are like <laughs> Jerry, what were you going to say? Because you wanted to cut it. I wanted Go to ahead. button it up real quick. I said he's the most physical running back I've seen in a while in the back of his own lineman. That's that's the only physicality he has. No, that, that's Trent Richardson. Get it right. That's Trent Richardson. Come no, on. He, well, I can't he's believe you like this guy, Luke. I do. I like Eddie Lacy this year. I think he's going to All right, redraft league. What round are you taking him? He's going to be Double there in the digits. fourth. If Just he's there in the fourth, him in the fourth round, I will, he, I will gladly stomp you in week two. Oh my God! Please, you'll get you killed. I'll kill you. You'll kill me. You'll kill me. If you have Eddie Lacy, if you take Eddie Lacy in the fourth round, I took Todd Gurley third overall last year. I almost won the league. Okay, I, I'll be fine. I, I, I'll be fine. You, 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 you worry about you. All right. You, you worry about getting over the word you, and we'll talk. <laughs> Eddie Lacy's a waste of time. I'm done talking about this guy. All right. So He's let's move overweight. on. Overweight. To... He sucks. All right. He's you're slow. done. You're, you're done, done talking him. about him. You're done. So Gosh. we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to rookie talk because that's what uh, all of our our esteemed listeners want to hear about. All 301 of our Twitter followers. Now we're going through the roof right now. Only 100 of them are sex bots, and a, lo- a bunch of them are, might be from Slovakia. I don't know, but. Let's move on to rookie talk after OTAs. You know, at this time right now, as Jerry mentioned, like we get very excited about guys in in helmets and shoulder pads, and that's it. Uh, you know, they're just wearing shells. There's no phys- no physicalness whatsoever. Um, we are going to talk about rookies right now. So the first player I want to talk about, and I was actually kind of high on him, and I literally knew absolutely nothing about him uh, after the draft, but I saw his size, I saw his combine profile, and I saw where he got drafted, and I got kind of excited about him. 
Kenny Galladay from the Detroit Lions has been impressing in camp. He's 6'4", 450-40, third-round pick. I think he has really a really easy road to wide receiver three duties, potentially wide receiver two, because really, I don't think Marvin Jones is all that good. So, Mark, you're, you are a Lions fan. I mean, Kenny Galladay, what have you heard about him? What do you think his potential is as not only a redraft guy, but even a dynasty guy? Well, he's a solid pick in the, in the in the beginning of the second round in dynasty leagues. I mean, listen, whether you like Marvin Jones or not, he still stretches the defense and he gets balls because Stafford likes driving the ball downfield. So Marvin Jones is going to get passes there. Golden Tate's going to take underneath stuff. You hope that that Galladay gets himself in the slot with with no, you know, Anquan Bolden there, but they still have Ebron. So. This guy, you hope this guy has a solid year. If he gets 50 catches this year, you're ecstatic. He's going to have a great little career. And then hopefully they dump Ebron so it can get him more in the slot, get him balls and everything. But he's up front end of the second in your uh, rookie dynasty drafts. So I agree. I like Galladay um, in early second. You know, if you take him about 14th to 16th overall. Um, and, and it also, too, we, we update our rookie rankings based off OTAs uh, and just how things have gone since the draft. We'll be re- releasing those on Twitter at Glory Podcast. I'll be releasing them on Facebook as well. Check us out, Never Any Glory Podcast. Um, another receiver that has gone to a, uh, a pass-happy team. And a team that's really looking for a new wide receiver, too, is Chad Williams, who was a third-round pick out of Grambling, Nick Vernon's favorite school. Um, Burris, what do you think about Chad Williams, and, and can he become the, the, the Robin to Larry Fitzgerald's Batman? As soon as you posted our outline today, I had to look this guy up. I'd never heard of him. Um, <laughs> so I did some research, and as Yesterday, the report came out that if, if as long as everybody's healthy ahead of him, you know John Brown, JJ Nelson, Jaron Brown, he's number, he's the fifth wide receiver. He does have some interesting size, speed, and weight um, comps, but if everybody's healthy, he's he's not draftable in, in a redraft or, or even maybe dynasty. But I wouldn't be taking him in the top twenty. Okay, I mean that's so, that's kind of, that's the latest report that I read yesterday. You know, right. he's he's kind of the same size and speed as as Larry Fitz, and, and Fitzgerald talked him up a lot in um, right. the press conferences, which I think gave him you know kind of a buzz. But it's just a crowded room, and there's a lot of veterans ahead of him. Right, and which which will be interesting, especially with John Brown. I mean, he had issues with sickle cell last year; he couldn't get healthy. Word at the beginning of OTAs was that he was looking good, but a hamstring injury has popped up again. I'm personally a fan of of, um, of John Brown. Well, I know we'll you see, are. Well, yeah, so, dump him in Dynasty. <laughs> so we'll see what he does uh, <laughs> this year. But Mark, do you have any thoughts on Chad Williams at all? Chad Williams came up on the Senior Bowl. He was on the Browns staff. This is why I know him because I was watching the Cleveland Browns videos, and they really liked him. He came out of Grambling. And uh, he was one of the late ads to the Senior Bowl, and he just worked like a maniac. And the Browns coaches were really impressed with his physicality and his burst. So that's why he kind of bursted on the scene. That's why he was supposed to be a fifth-round pick, uh, fifth-sixth-round pick, and he bumped up to the third round, and it was because of his performances in the Senior Bowl. So his thing is not now, it's not next year, it's in when these wide receivers have to go through contracts, like the J.J. Nelsons, the John Browns. Um, when they go through contracts, he can slide in. So they're looking for the future for this dude. Yeah, he's so, definitely somebody that can help out later. Yeah, so Chad Williams might be a nice stash for you if you can get him at late second, early third round in your in your rookie drafts, uh, or 
pick him up off the waiver wire and just stash them in, in deep leagues, it could be a good option for you. Um, but so as I mentioned, we had a bunch of rookie rankings and I want to talk about those rankings because shocking, uh, Luke, Jerry and Mark don't agree with each other and, and neither does Sean, but he's not here to defend himself. So we're going to talk about a few players that we feel, um, you know, you guys need to know about. And, uh, as we have rookie drafts coming up and we want to talk about who we think, uh, will do great and who might not do so hot. So the first player is arguably, uh, he could be the number one overall pick in your rookie draft if you want to go running back, and that's Leonard Fournette. If you look at the NFL draft combine profile, they compare him to Bo Jackson, which is ridiculous, but the guy's huge. He's 6'3", 240. So, um, personally, I have him as my number one running back, so does Sean, but both um, Burris and Mark have met number two, and Burris, you have Dalvin Cook as your number one rookie over Leonard Fournette. So I want to hear why you like Dalvin Cook more than Leonard Fournette. I just, the comp you made is great with the Bo Jackson thing. I just think, you know, Fournette does not have the typical body that you see in today's NFL running back, and there's more to hit. You know, he's a long, upright runner, kind of the way Adrian Peterson is. And I just think that physical nature breaks down over time pretty Mm -hmm. quick. Now, why did I take Dalvin Cook over Fournette? It's it's so close. I just thought that Dalvin Cook's career, if you're looking at it from a – not the dynasty draft standpoint, but if you're looking at it for like an NFL player's career, if you're the GM, I think Dalvin Cook's the pick to go with. Now, that being said, by the end of the season, I think their stats will show that Dalvin Cook is better off than Fournette because of the um, – the NFC North versus the AFC South this year. I think the AFC South's defenses are much better. They got to go into Texans twice. It's a stout run. God, defense. you love the AFC South, man. Love it. My God, you love, Again, love it. All the I AFC love South. It, it cracks me it, up. It mean, when it was this close, I had to break it down to one, you know, one little detail. And I think that if Pat Holmes went to the Texans, how excited would you have been? I don't even want to get into it. Because that's 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 a I'll that's tell you this right now. This old lady be pregnant. That's a fact. <laughs> again, again. Okay, so okay, so that, that's a good point. So the AFC South has some pretty solid defenses, and that's really um, what it comes down to is that something okay. that slight that put him at two and uh, that's fair. Dalvin at one. Right, and, and a lot of people, you know, I, I I'm a big Dalvin Cook fan. I actually took him second overall in a rookie draft recently, uh, based on team need because I needed a running back. I was going to take Corey Davis, but it just didn't work out. Um, I think Latavius Murray stinks. The guy's terrible. He had 12 touchdowns last year because probably nine of them were from one yard or, or one or two yards out. It, He's not a good player. He's been down with an ankle injury. Dalvin Cook got all the touches in OTAs. Uh, disregard Latavius Murray. They're, they're on the hook for him for $1.2 million in 2018, so Minnesota can dumb him real easily. Um, on the complete flip side of it, Christian McCaffrey is Mark's number one rookie this year, uh, and I have him, I think, at five. So, Mark, why, why are you so high on Christian McCaffrey? It's really simple with me. You drafted him eighth overall. You're changing your offense because you need to. You have new weapons in Carolina. Jonathan Stewart's on his way out soon. Uh, you're Mike Tolbert to the world. Your slow running backs are kind of gone. Uh, Cameron Artis pain didn't work out. Kelvin Benjamin's gaining weight. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Greg Olson's getting older. If you drafted Christian McCaffrey at eight, 
and you don't get him the ball, right. then you're getting fired. And I like McCaffrey number one overall, and the reason why is simple. Almost all fantasy football leagues are PPR. None of these guys are catching more balls than Christian McCaffrey. Will you be surprised in two years that Christian McCaffrey has 75, 80 catches in an NFL season? Well, look at the running backs that have 75 to 80 catches and tell me they're not fantasy football gold. And now, Fournette is, talked about him earlier. And Leonard Fournette is not catching passes. He didn't catch what he catched last year in the last. He caught like 14 catches his senior, his junior year in college. He does not catch the ball. It's not his style. In fact, if you ask me, nice I think style. Fournette. I think Fournette, if Bortles starts struggling, can really get in trouble. I think he can fall in the same little like rut that Todd Gurley did, and he doesn't have the overall talent, in my opinion, that Todd Gurley does. In fact, I'm going to go. I'm going to give you a cross between two guys, and Luke, you won't like this, but I think Leonard Fournette's in between a Todd Gurley and a Latavius Murray. That that type of runner, I think he's in between there. He doesn't catch the ball. Latavius Murray doesn't really catch the ball. Todd Gurley doesn't really catch the ball. And in fantasy football, you need guys, you need a running back that's going to get you three to five catches a game to make up for the fact that they might not get a touchdown because the league is so pass happy. And if they get those three to five catches, that is going to take over to that, that touchdown that you need, that gap with the yards. I mean, and, and McCaffrey's going to do that. McCaffrey will not have a game. Consist- will he have a game this year where he gets under three catches? I mean, probably not. But but so you say that Carolina is going to change their offense, which will be very interesting if they do, because the past like five years, no no what running back has had more than thirty catches. So oh yeah, yeah but they're gonna they, right. You don't so draft it, a guy eight, right right. And so if they, listen, if they, if they if don't, they, they're gonna fall asleep in the league. Right. So if they drafted Christian McCaffrey with a thought that we are going to completely change our offense, we're going to try to save Cam Newton a little bit, not get him as beat up by giving him the ball in the goal line situations or have him. That's Cam Newton's fault. We all know that. That's him calling his own name. Well, but you know what's interesting, though, honestly, like if you look at Jonathan Stewart, when he was healthy, you know, and when he was younger, obviously, um, there was one year, I believe it was 2009, his second year in the league. And I'm pulling it up right now. He actually had. um I'm sorry, 2011. He had 47 catches as a receiver, so he has he has the capability to catch the ball. I just, for whatever reason, they decided not to use him like that anymore. Um, for me, with Christian McCaffrey, it's it's I just don't think that he is. Listen, if he's going to be a 70 to 80 catch uh, running back, that's great. I mean, the only problem with that is that it's very rare. Other than the years where Danny Wood had had 80 catches and was able to find the end zone, uh, you know, six, seven, eight times, especially as a, as a goal line back, which was kind of weird. That's where you get the RB1 potential. If you have your 70 to 80 catch guy, unless they get in the end zone and the receivers don't always do, their ceiling is as an RB2. So my my concern with Christian McCaffrey is is I don't want to give up the first overall pick for a guy that's more likely than not going to be an RB2. If I'm going to use the first in three years, pick, he's going to, you're, you're saying three years, three. Yes. Three years. If he's going to be a PPR back, if he's going to be a, a scat back that catches the ball and not a between the tackles back goal line back, his ceiling is as an RB2. I don't think his ceiling is as, as an RB1 and I do not want to waste the first overall pick on that. So I have McCaffrey. And if Fournette doesn't, if Fournette pick. doesn't get in the end zone, he's nothing. He's an RB3. Right, right, but you're taking that risk because you know he's going to get 20 carries a game. 
If you they're don't not losing that, by three touchdowns. Right, right. I, I agree with that, obviously. But that team, they're building around, you know, they, they have a great defense now in Jacksonville. or uh, They're working on the defense. They're working on the offense, too. It, it all comes down to the quarterback. I'm just saying, with Christian McCaffrey, yes, I think they'll get him the ball. I just think that, think of, like, you know, really Sproles back when he was in New Orleans. Was was Sproles your RB1 every year? No, he was a solid RB2. And I just but here's I think the thing: what McCaffrey could be. So, all right, and I agree with what, what Jerry just said, though. Leonard Fournette's going to take a pounding. He's going to play in the NFL for maybe six, seven years mm-hmm. on a pounding, on a pound, right. pound, pound. Yep. If McCaffrey's not – McCaffrey's probably going to get if, – if I was coaching, I'd get McCaffrey 10 to 12 carries a game. I'd try to get him four to seven pass attempts a game, mm-hmm. pass c- catches a game. So if you look at that, his, his shelf life, you could have Christian McCaffrey as an RB2 for maybe for eight years. Whereas you might be able to have Leonard Fournette anywhere from an RB three to an RB one for maybe five six years. That's a good point. That's a good what's point. What's Todd Gurley going to be in three? What's What's Todd Gurley going to be? Three the best years running back. Now? The best running back in the NFL, obviously. Obviously. In three years from now, you think that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm playing I'm playing up the character that so I'm a Todd Gurley truther because he ruined my 2016 season. Jerry, um, what do you think? Give me a breakdown of this. I want to hear what your thoughts are on Christian McCaffrey. I think you're pretty spot on. I think Christian McCaffrey is the most versatile player they have on that team. Um, you you brought up the stat of Fournette catching the balls. He had 41 catches in three seasons. Um, there's no. There's, I think Dalvin Cook's going to be the second highest receiving uh, rookie running back, and it's not even going to be close to to what McCaffrey brings in. He he catches the ball in so many different ways. You can you can run him on screens, you can run him on angles, you can run him on flat routes. You can you can line him up in the slot and send him vertical, and he's going to beat any linebacker that lines up to guard him. So he's he's almost the definition of what the new style of running back is going to be in the NFL. So this is going to be a big year for him. I'm I'm going I'm right. very highly invested in him. That's for sure. All right. So- I gotta ask you this really quick. You ready? Because this is gonna blow your mind, Luke. You ready? Yeah. Would Would you say that Christian McCaffrey is like Reggie Bush coming out of college in terms of like how he's gonna have to play and stuff? Yeah, I'd say that's a similar. I don't think he's gonna be between the tackle guy. No. Okay. You know, Reggie Bush never. I mean, his he never had over 160 carries until his sixth year in the league. No, so. but he had like 90 but, catches his rookie year or something, like that, or second. Year. He had 88 catches his rookie year. Filthy, okay, for yeah. 750 years, for 750 yards, his yeah. his second year he had 73 catches right. for 420 yards, and he had two two touchdowns with each, and he got he had an average of five touchdowns. And that was if with you, New Orleans, who was a team that is, was known to throw their running backs. Yeah, that, that's that is 150. I mean, if if Christian McCaffrey gets 150 carries for 550 yards and five touchdowns and 75 catches for 500 yards and two more touchdowns, you're going to love him. Right. At seven touchdowns, 75 catches. You're going right. to love him. So they're, they're going to totally change. So you're saying they're going to totally change their offense or Christian McCaffrey, which I would be, I would be, I mean, the team went to the Super Bowl two years ago. I'd be surprised if they totally changed their offense. But they were anemic last year. They were just yeah. flat out terrible on offense last year. Yeah, they just, I don't agree with they, that. They, yeah, they, 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 they also some that. serious offensive line issues. I think the biggest thing that can help them. That team last year. Yeah, I think that, that, I think that the big sucked, thing that can help uh, them is they had no run game. Sucked. The schedule sucked. They they had no run game two years ago either. So. And Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel's going to play running back for them too. He's, that'll be I, that'll be his second round pick out of Ohio State. He's more of an offensive weapon. We'll see what what happens with that. But let's let's change to a new a new uh, position here. Um, 
arguably the number one wide receiver in college last year. Obviously, John Ross won the Blitken off, but um, I'm sorry, uh, D.D. Westbrook won that. But Mike Williams was a stud last year and the past. Uh, yeah, last year for Clemson came back from a, a pretty gnarly injury uh, where it was almost career threatening. He got drafted seventh overall by the Chargers. I call that not to brag, but totally to brag. He was ranked as high as second for you, Mark, and I had him, I think, fourth or fifth. And now he has a back, a disc injury. Um, so he's missed all of OTAs. They're hoping he's be ready for training camp. I mean, Mark, wh- what are your thoughts on Mike Williams, and, and where do you take him this year? I'm not taking him at all. Yeah, I'm just not taking him all. He uh, He's great when the ball's in the air, and he finishes He finishes with, with the ball. Uh, he finishes – in tight windows and everything, but I am, uh, I have him on my rookie list at six just because I think he's earned the right to be there, but I, I wouldn't take him at all. I just, I don't like his situation in San Diego. Philip Rivers is gone in three years. Uh, do they have any, is, uh, I think San Diego is the next, well, San Diego, what Los LA. Angeles, whatever LA. I think it's a disaster. I think that's teams, a disaster. They have Joey Bosa. He'll be leaving in three years. Once he's for four years. Um, I'm telling you, I don't like them. I don't like their style. The only thing, the only thing I like on that team is Hunter Henry. Mm. Mm. It'll be interesting. I, th- I thought that that was the best landing spot for him this year, or for receivers and redraft. I really liked Mike Williams. Can he get off so press he, coverage? Well, is we'll he find fast out. enough? We'll find out. In, in college, he, he benefited from stretching the field and going deep and going up and getting balls. Can he do that in the NFL? We'll find out. Well, I mean, obviously, I see what you're saying. That's that's a huge that's a huge question mark. But I, I liked him in in L.A. because he has a veteran quarterback getting him the ball, and also if Keenan Allen is healthy, then you know he's got another wide receiver lining up uh, across from him that should see a ton of coverage, uh, and, and would leave With a half a leg. open for. Well, half a leg, half a half a shoulder. I think he had an injury too. It, he's always he's always a, a fun one in fantasy. All right, so we'll move on to tight end now because Jerry. We got to talk about this real quick. You have OJ Howard drafted 19th overall out of Alabama. Yes, orange juice. You have him as your third pick in the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. So, my my question to you, Jer, is: Are you going to really take a tight end that high, or are you high on drugs? This is a dynasty league we're talking about. Yeah. Both. Yes. He's well, any league, any league. Dynasty league. Well, it's done. I'm picking. I'm, I'm taking him. Uh, and now I'm my tight end for the rest of my life. I'm gonna set it, forget it, never worry okay, about it, it again. If if OJ Howard is the tight end for the rest of your life, either you're gonna die very young, or this gentleman's gonna play football for the next forty years. He's got so. a video game style body. <laughs> he's six six. He's got the he's got Jimmy Graham's body, but he's much more physical. Um, and he's got the benefit of having two great receivers on the outside. He's gonna do whatever he wants in the middle. But here's the thing: if you're gonna take a tight end that early, because tight ends very rarely are great their rookie year. I mean, Gronk, he had a bunch of touchdowns his rookie year, but he was not consistent. Jimmy Graham didn't do anything his rookie year. Jordan Reed didn't do anything his rookie year. I mean, I, I honestly cannot think of a rookie tight end that was a fantasy contributor in year one because for some reason it usually takes those guys two to three years to, to really establish themselves into a, Why? a true fantasy or NFL asset. You look at Eric Ebron. Eric do Ebron you, got taken oh. a pick before Odell Beckham, and he still isn't good. So... I see what you're saying. This guy. Would you, do you expect free, Eric? But... You expect Eric Ebron to get the ball when Megatron was out there when he started as a rookie? Think Megatron wasn't there last think, year, and Ebron still this way. stunk. Well, you know he can't he's... catch. But think of, think of it this way: Do you know who Cameron Braid is? 
I do. He went why, to Harvard. They, why they do you know, why do you know who he is? Because he had like what sixty catches last year. Exactly, and he's taken over his job. Sorry, sorry, Breit. It's okay, over. so it's over. so well, I'll I'll tell you this though, Tampa Bay. I wanted OJ Howard to be a, a Brown. That's all I I know. I wanted him that you got, bad. You got, you got Chief David and Rue Phillips already has his <laughs> jersey, as well as Seth the Valves. But the I will say this: don't sleep on Cameron Brait because the Bucks they they ran a ton of two tight end sets last year, and I would not be Perfect. surprised if Brait is still a player there. But I'm saying with with OJ Howard, like if you have the third pick, just please try to trade out of it and don't take OJ Howard there because you can get him sixth overall, get some assets, move on down. But I, I appreciate the ballsiness there, Jared. But if you take OJ Howard third overall, it's just going to continue your your streak of not making the playoffs. So I guess actually, you know, take OJ Howard. That's fine. I'm, I'm totally good. cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. So, uh, Mark, Jerry, we talked OTAs, we talked fantasy, we talked rookie draft, we talked rookie values. Moving forward, we're going to continue talking about those rookie values. As I mentioned, if you follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast, we have all of our rookie rankings that are going to be live on Thursday morning. So be sure to check those out, especially as you get ready for your rookie drafts that are coming up soon. I'm in the middle of like two or three right now. And, uh, you know, while I like to wait for preseason to kind of see these players go, uh, it's good to kind of just have an idea of where these guys are falling, what their current value is. Um, so find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Subscribe, like, tell all your friends. Jerry, Mark. Anything else you guys got to say before we uh, sign off and get ready for the next episode? We're going to probably continue to talk about rookie values here. No, man, I got to yeah, change some diapers. Yeah, I want to talk Juju. I want to go, oh, you're changing diapers? I want to talk Juju. Juju, Mr. Shush? Mr. Shoof? Yeah, Juju, Juju. I'm going to talk like a baby since you guys got to do diapers. <laughs> you know, I think, Jerry, moving forward, I think after every at the end of every episode, we got we to gotta close it with, like, you know, uh, the Daddy Chronicles or something like that. Because I got peed on the other day, and I got puked on, too. So. Did you guys I'm get sure. one up the back yet? Oh. Not yet. I have many. Yet. I'm sure Jerry's gotten plenty of those. We're not many. there yet. We're not there yet. We can but, share uh, war stories some other time. It'll give you some I serious think- things to think about, Mark. <laughs> I think we'll add that on to the, uh, the in-season conference. So be sure to check it out we'll because we're getting started. We are getting started for the 2017 fantasy football and NFL season. I'm jacked up for it. I love fantasy football. I love the NFL. I love the offseason, and I'm ready to watch preseason football and tell you guys who you should and shouldn't draft. So be sure to keep We got a special edition coming up. Special edition live from New Hampshire coming up. The boys are taking their talents on the highway all the way up to New Hampshire, man. That'll be dope. That'll be coming mid-January or mid-July, so keep a lock for that. But anyways, gentlemen, it's been great talking tonight about fantasy football, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys for the rest of the season here. So be safe, and we'll uh, talk soon. All right, later. Uh.